Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Rob Henry. Rob, how you doing? Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This has been a interview in the making for quite some time, so I appreciate you finally doing it. And thanks for the gifts, by the way. <laughs> it's the season, I guess. Tis the season. Yeah, and I can help you advertise one of your businesses as I go about my work. We appreciate that. So you have four kids. <laughs> Correct. Of a wide swath of ages. What does the holidays look like in your <laughs> in your house? <laughs> Good question. It's it's um it's busy, yeah, right? Yeah. Um but everyone's in the in the festive mood. Last yeah. night we were my daughter and I actually strung up the lights. Oh, so wow. we, we okay. got home and obviously it's dark by the time we get yeah. there. Um but yeah, the neighbors watching me climb that thirty foot extension oh, ladder geez. and my wife said, Well, you used to go up that thing a lot faster. <laughs> you know, she's kind of slowed down a little bit. I was like, well, getting wiser, right? So we got that done and um, a lot of Elf on the Shelf. Uh, all right. There's a lot of that going on every yeah. night. Um, trying to stay original with all that stuff. And uh, Now, was your oldest was was your oldest Elf on, Elf on the Shelf vintage or did this come later? This came later. All right. Yeah, a little bit later. Yeah. Um, mainly with my girls. Yeah. Okay. So luckily, this has only been... Uh, it's, Maybe five or six years, but it's it's a lot. Why did we, a lot why did we do this as parents? Why did we decide this is another thing we need to do? Someone wanted to sell the elves. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and and sell the elves they have. So uh, the marketing behind it would have would have told us all not to do that. Right? But, you know, yeah. the school with, with all the kids at school telling them, you know, telling all the their their, their friends, here's what's going on. So everyone's. Everyone gets an elf. Yeah, it would have so. caught up to us eventually. Yeah. Well, well, thanks again for doing this, especially given how busy this time of year is for you with four kids and all the other things you're doing. Um, I wanted to start by talking about your career path. And if I'm reading your LinkedIn profile right, it's kind of interesting. So what I'd like you to do, Rob, is talk about what you were thinking about doing when you were younger and where that <coughs> led you and then when and why did you pivot to something different? Sure. And we've got a full hour. <laughs> yeah, and it might take that long just to get through right, this one question. Right. Yeah, uh, that reminds me. I probably need to make sure the LinkedIn profile is all up to date. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I started working um, probably at a young age, uh, fifteen years old. I think my dad got a hold of me one day. It's like, well, you know, I got I got you a job, and mm -hmm. I said, well, I wasn't really looking for <laughs> a job then. You know, yeah. you kind of get that glare. So. Yeah. So okay, well, I'll start in a few weeks. You know, it's summer. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, it's. It's, you, you'll start tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow is Saturday, you know? And, yeah. And so then it began, you know? So um, so I went to work for a company he was working for at the time, um, and it's Tipman Affiliated Group. Um, the company I technically worked for at the time was Tipman Refrigeration. Yep. Um, so we did a lot of odds and ends, mainly, mm -hmm. in, you know, your maintenance type things, lawn mm -hmm. mowing, plowing the snow, um, building maintenance, um, a lot of things that I didn't really know how to do or wasn't mm -hmm. first well in, and, and it was a great learning experience. Um, and they were willing to train you. Yeah, absolutely. Say, here's a kid who oh, has, you know, not a lot of skills. Yeah. No offense, neither, neither did yeah, I. Yeah, absolutely. And they just said, well, we're going to work him. And, okay. you know, and that's one thing that, you know, that I probably did get from my dad and, and his reputation was he was a hustler. Like, mm -hmm. there wasn't, in his prime, like, you weren't going to outwork the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I think they knew what they were getting mm -hmm. um, and they did. They worked, they worked the, the daylights out of us. Yep. Um, we would mow lawns all day, like in the summers. And uh, our founder had a farm and this huge property. And, you know, it's five o'clock and we're thinking we're all done for the day. And the next thing you know, they're 
comes these tractors with bales of hay on the back end of them. And yeah. like, well, we're baling hay this week. <laughs> What's that entail? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't live on a farm. I grew up in the suburbs. <laughs> so, um, you know, we just, it, it was that. It was hard, hard work. Yeah. And um, <laughs> just a lot of that. So, uh, but but we persevered, right? Um, there's, a, there's a big group of us um, that, that kind of all came in about the same time. Um, my boss at the time was, a few years older than I was, but he was very diligent in his um, in his management, and and he wanted us there. He mm-hmm. he taught me a lot about you know being on time, yeah, um, being open to take the overtime. It, it, you know, it's just outside of our control sometimes, sure, and, and all these things. So it really, he did a him and and the other people around us at the time. They did a great job of mm-hmm. uh, probably instilling a lot of good principles in in what we were supposed to. So do. just work ethic, just and, work, and work ethic. skills that transferred every job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so that was when I was 15, um, and you know, every year um, things got a little bit more and more um, acclimated to, to now we're comfortable doing these things, um, or you know, someone else hired in to do some lawns. So that mm-hmm. means someone you're going to go help with this maintenance project at this company. Um, so it's just a lot of learning and 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 grinding, you know, along yeah. the way for for years. And yeah. uh, it got me all the way through high school, um, and obviously my senior year in high school, I, I'd worked there for four years at the time, and. Uh, I kind of talked to some of the some of the owners, and I was like, you know, I'd really like to. I don't know what I'm going to go to college for, mm-hmm. right? And I've got about a year mm-hmm. and a half to figure that yep. out with electives. And and I knew I was going to stay in town mm-hmm. at IPFW. I really liked the campus. Um, uh, not many people from my family went to college, but I knew you know my grades were decent yep. in, in high school, so I knew it was something I probably needed to do mm-hmm. and wanted to do. Yeah, um, and so I did. Um, but I asked them if I could get more involved in. in in more of a business aspect and and everyone was more than open to that so i started working from the ground up in in one of the companies that was called thermodyne food service products mm-hmm. so we manufacture um a ton of food service equipment okay uh, mainly for restaurants mm-hmm. and i started right on the shop floor like assembling shelves and assembling um sub assemblies for different parts of components and it's all electric right so yeah. um stainless steel comes in the building in the sheet form we mm-hmm. form it weld it uh, assemble everything and, and out the door it goes. So I just, for a year, I sat there and did all these different tasks and responsibility on the shop floor and, and learned a lot of that. Is this another case where you were using skills you had or you were learning on the job? Learning on the job. Okay. Yeah. All right. A ton. Wow. I yeah. mean, just, and, and at that age, you're so, you're, you're, your brain's plastic. Oh, right? sure. It's just taking sure. it all in. Yeah. Um, and, and I enjoyed it. I, I, I would sit in these meetings with some people and, um, the owners and, and his sons and, and a lot of people he surround himself with are just ingenuity. I mean, just mm-hmm. patent. They hold patents um, very highly regarded to per, uh, intellectual property yep. um, and that type of um, yeah. regard. Uh, heat transfer, refrigeration were a lot of the things that we that we specialized in, and and so I started to learn a lot of this, and um, and I just kept kind of kind of kept going and. Uh, and for a brief minute, you know, I thought, you know, engineering kind of like piqued my interest. Yeah. Um, you know, we're sitting in these meetings. I'm, these guys know what the steam table are, but like the back of their hands, like what temperature, uh, you know, water's going to boil under pressure and, and yeah. all these types of things, you know. Um, a cubic foot of water turns into 17, it, it expands 1,700 times to, mm-hmm. to steam. And, and all these things it just kind of were like really like eye-opening to me like yeah these guys know this stuff like, yeah yeah that stuff makes my head hurt yeah so, yeah <laughs> um so it was pretty cool yeah. you know and and so i got a little bit more involved again more involved with the company and and i just 
kind of kept thinking about it. I was like, you know, I just, we've got a bunch of engineers and I see how these guys work and, and I don't want to paint any pictures for all engineers, but a lot <laughs> of them just put their heads down. Oh, sure. You know, you know. sure. So, um, I just didn't know if that was for me either. Yeah. Um, but it was getting close. Yeah. And, uh, to, to, I needed to start to figure out what my major was going to be. Sure. So, <clears throat> I started to think a little bit more about. I didn't. I didn't want to be in the sales side, but I kind of liked that aspect of it. And a lot of the things that I knew f- that we were doing in, in marketing was was kind of based around the trade shows that we mm-hmm. did. Um, they would always need help. Yep. They always need a driver to go to a show, load, yep. unload, help set up. And so I went to a couple trade shows, and I was kind of blown away. You know, the first time I went to the McCormick Center in Chicago, I was like, "Are you kidding? Me? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, is this for real? Yeah." Um, so then I, I started to get a little bit more fascinated with, sure. with that, um, and that. And I kind of just looked at our company structure, and it was like, we're so technical, mm-hmm. very technical, very smart yeah. um, engineers, and just like like I said, the the intellectual property is very strong. Um, our sales teams were good, um, but but I noticed that there was a gap there. Like, there's no marketing mm-hmm. department. Mm-hmm. It always just seemed to like fall on so and so. We'll just do that that mailing campaign. Yeah. Um, our CRM so it was bolted on to other jobs. It was. Yeah. And yeah. our CRM system was was not a CRM system. It yeah. was a glorified Rolodex with yeah. names. Sure. You know. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a couple classes and just see. Mm-hmm. And um again like when I started college, um my grades were decent. Mm-hmm. I would say they were decent. But I I did have that moment, um I wanna kinda go back because I remember uh, Dr. Burton, he was a uh, sociology teacher and it was, mm-hmm. it was a class I had to take. And there were some friends of mine in the class from my high school. And, and one day after class, he kind of pulled me in his office. He said, listen, I, I know you got through in high school, but and I went to a good high school. Bishop Dwayne's a great high school. Yeah. Right? Um, he's like, but it's not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not. So either either get on with it, like quit wasting your money and just drop out because wow. like, like you need to be here. Yeah. Like I know everyone tells you like college is college and mm-hmm. you can show up if you want. But yeah. He's like, you're you're gonna fail out. Wow, you know. And he was very very abrupt. And and I didn't know what or why he chose me. Yeah. Um, but but clearly he saw something, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I always remembered that moment, you know. And mm-hmm. I kind of buckled down and and I started putting in more time and effort. Yeah. Because I did. I, I wanted to graduate. Sure. That was my goal. Yeah. Um. So then I fast forward to to where we are to to getting into like the marketing side. Yeah. And, um. I always think like I always felt like my, my parents would never really said this, but I always felt like I had like like a little bit of ADD. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't, if I was doing things I didn't really like want to do or enjoy doing, like I, I had a hard time yeah. focusing on yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um, and then I start taking some of these intro classes and I'm like, this is great. Yeah. Like I really like this. And I'm working full time, mm-hmm. going to school. Yeah. Um, and I start taking some of like what I'm having issues with at work. To like class and I'm, I'm like these are really like case studies yeah like, this oh for is sure like, and my professor at the time were like yeah this is great like we yeah. can use this like, yeah you know and um so i just started getting really like really into it yeah and, and the next thing you know like as soon as i got into the uh the dormer school of business like i made honor roll mm-hmm. like i made the dean's list like every semester well well it sounds very similar to my experience and and you know, I think this is what I hear you saying. For me, when I was in school, if I wasn't interested, I was the least interested person you were ever going to find. But if I was, I was the most interested person you were going to find. And there was really no gray area. Either I cared None. or I didn't. And once I figured out 
what I was interested in. I was off to the races, but it was pretty tough getting there. <laughs> it was very tough getting yeah. there, right? Um, but again, so it, it just, it kind of kept developing. Yeah. Um, and then my, let me see, our, like my senior, it took me a little bit longer because I was working full time. Yeah. Um, so about 2000, let me see. 2005 like that's when like the 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 the, the master classes start like yeah like right um, yeah and so i i meet a couple more professors and uh these guys really start like they like me like yeah. and and i would talk to them about real world stuff yeah. that i'm sure going through and um <clears throat> i think it just helped me navigate through it like with a lot more ease and you know ipfw at the time was more of like a commuter school so mm-hmm. like I literally told the professor, I was like, listen, like, I'm two or three years older than half these kids. Yeah. Like, they, they don't have, yeah. I mean, they're working at Best Buy and so like, yeah. so they don't know what I know. So sure. it's like not fair to put me in the category above mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so it's it just fun. You yeah. Know? And it was just a really, really um, intriguing to me. And, and that's that's why I kind of like figured it out. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because I really enjoy it. So, so let me make sure i've got one thing straight so you your first job ever was with a tipman affiliated group Correct. company and that's the only company you've ever worked for right wow yeah okay that's pretty unique yeah. so, wow. so the founder was um vincent tipman um and he he took a liking to me for, yeah. for whatever reason mm-hmm. but he, he gave me a lot of chances and opportunities but um as as we're going through this you know i kind of set myself up to like well i can i can work here mm-hmm. because I think if I do this right, I can position mm-hmm. myself right out of college yeah. in, into a marketing spot. Yeah. But I also knew, you know, with a good education, I knew my grades were great. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew at the time I, I was, you know, in love. Mm-hmm. I, I knew what I knew what I wanted to provide for my wife and a family. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of like knew all this stuff. And yeah. I was like, well, I can either leverage that here and yeah. try to try to do this with, with this company. Cause, it, cause it, to me there was a need. Yeah. Um, or I can go, I may have a degree. I can go yeah. do whatever I want. Sure. I can go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of just how it played out. And so I, I get out of college um, or graduate. And, and it's funny, I, I ended up like a credit short. Like, and I didn't do a ton of like with the um, counselors. Like, mm-hmm. like I didn't do a ton there because I was constantly on the go. Yeah, sure. Um, but it comes down to like a couple months before like, like May, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm a credit short. Wow. Now. And so again, one of my marketing professors, she's like, she knew it. And and I talked about it. She's like, listen, we'll do a, a, um, a one-to-one. Yeah. I'll get you the credits. Yeah. You'll be able to walk. Yeah. And we'll finish a program by July 1st. Oh, wow. So and it's it like really, a directed study. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a directed okay. study. And, and it was, I was so grateful for her. Yeah. Um, and so she gave me a couple topics. She's like, I want you to write a thesis on, on this, this, or this. And yeah. she gave me these topics. And, and so this is 2007. Mm-hmm. And so one of the topics she gave me was Netflix versus Blockbuster. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and at the time, Netflix was simply... DVDs in the DVDs mail. DVDs in the mail, yeah. right? Yeah. And she's like, you know, w- I want to look at this a- and see, you know, let's do let's do a thought process here mm-hmm. and, 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 a, and a thesis on on which one's going to prevail. Yeah. And and we we nailed it. Yeah. Right. Totally nailed it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I had like the collapse of Blockbuster like as fast as it really went. Yeah. Down. Sure. Like, I didn't nail that part. Yeah. But, um, other than that, we 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 just hit a home run. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah. that was great. Oh yeah. Um, 
and I was so grateful to her that she let me do that and it yeah. got me through because I, I needed to be done like I was I'd married I'd, I have a son you yeah. know so like oh, sure. I really like needed and to you're be, working full time yeah yeah, yeah. and so, you're probably starting to lose some of the momentum and you want to just get on with it at right that point. exactly yeah. and and that's one thing like I tell my boys mainly right now just because they're of that age like like I wouldn't have been able to do like get through like if I didn't have the resource, if I didn't use the resources that were available, to mm-hmm. me. I mm-hmm. did a ton of tutoring. Yeah. I did a ton of yeah. uh, a ton of help in college. Mm-hmm. I did a ton. I spent a lot of time in that library. Yeah, you know, and then the study tables. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always tell them, like, I always, I literally, like, I'm never going to be the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. But if you work hard enough, like, like you can yeah. get there. Yeah, like, for you sure. Can just, it's just all about how hard you want to work. Yep. And that's that's the other thing, like. If I know I'm not going to be the smartest guy in the room, I got to listen. Yeah. I want to listen, you know, and, and that's one thing that marketing is great at too. Like you need to listen to the outside people, sure. outside resources um, that are avail- available to you. So it's just one of those things. Like it was, um, it's a great learning moment for them, and because you know sometimes they think you know, dad just walked on through, and it's not. It's yeah. never the case. Well, it's well, it's a different experience <clears throat> when you are an adult student, and this isn't to take anything away from students who go the traditional route. But you know, when things turned around for me as a student, it was when I was surrounded by adult students. I went, I almost failed out of a school really hard to fail out of. I came back at night surrounded by adult students, people with jobs, people with families, some with both, and that's when it finally clicked for me because. I was like, oh, they're not really interested in me goofing off. Right. They're here to work and to learn because they have something at stake. That's right. And it sounds like that kind of propelled you to the finish line and beyond. Yeah. And there's something to be said, like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Right? Yeah. Just, just, oh, absolutely. For, for just that example absolutely. right there. And, yeah. And you start, I joined the marketing club. Like, I didn't even know there was one, but like, we, <laughs> yeah. we did it. You know what I mean? Like, so all these things are going on and, and I just, I started to really flourish because, because I was doing something that I really thought that I could add a lot of value to. Yeah, yeah. So so when do you start? you start right after graduation in a marketing role, or does mm-hmm. that take some time? Yeah, so um, so I guess if we want to back that up a little bit from, from, yeah. from the work side. So all through college, um, I was working for Thermodyne, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. um, I, was, I got to the point where I told the owners that I could, I knew everything that was going on out there, mm-hmm. um, how the processes flow, how the production line flowed, um, inventory controls. Like, like I instilled a lot of things that I that I wanted to do. Yeah, um, and so I ended up running the operations for two and a half years mm-hmm. at, at a very really age. great experience. At oh that yeah, point. yeah, yeah. And um, so again, I was doing things. You know, that my college friends were, you know, they're hanging out on Friday nights and 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 going to parties. And, yeah, and you know, and and here I am at work. Uh, and then going to a Friday night speech class. Yeah. And then I got to be to work for, for inventory control on Saturday morning or whatever. But uh, yeah. not to say that I'd, I never made the campuses and saw my sure. friends at you know, Ohio State and Purdue and IU. So, so I got to see a lot of that too. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> it kept me out of a lot of, probably a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and a lot of other things. And again, just the learning experience. So operations, we did that for a while. And as soon as I graduate, uh, the shareholders were, were pretty open to me, like hopping right into um, – more of a, a, a brand management position for, okay. for Thermodyne because yeah. I was so familiar with it, yep. the customers, um, the salespeople. So it, it just transitioned pretty quick right into that. And we knew this was coming. Yeah. So we, we hired an operations manager. I actually hired okay. him. Um, so to could take train over. alongside yep. you. Mm-hmm. So did the marketing <clears throat> position you moved into, was that a new position and you were the first to it be was. in that role? Okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. And that's where, that's where it gets a little interesting. Too. All right. Yeah. Okay. So that was 2007. 2008. Yeah. You know, it, it took a little while to transition there. 
Um, so I start brand management. So it's a lot of just online and at the time like websites, you know, they, they aren't what they are today. So yeah. there's a lot of that work. Sure. Um, just a lot of just, uh, account management. Mm-hmm. There's just a ton there. Yeah. Uh, making sure, you know, brand books, all that good stuff. So I do that for about two years and, and I still have this feeling like, all right, we're still missing out because I'm having to go ask this person or, or email, um, a freelancer for, for an, a graphic arts piece or, yeah. or this. And, and we're not doing a ton of advertising. Um, it's just, it was just a little, like, I felt like something was still missing. Yep. And so I start to realize like, okay, the receptionist, she's a phenomenal graphic artist, right? Mm-hmm. And, and everyone kind of knew it, but, but like, we didn't like leverage it properly, yeah. Yeah. um, for a while. And then, and so I, I see that. And then we have, um, own web administrator who was like digital. I mean, his digital savviness was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Just so good. Younger than I was, but just could crank. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of doing his own thing, his own freelance thing. Yeah. But he wanted he wanted to try to do that, and he wanted um, a part time position. And he said, if I can get twenty hours a week in here with you guys, it helps me build up my personal business. Mm-hmm. Okay, that'll work. So we've got that going on. I'm I'm kind of working with them, and then um, coincidentally we acquired um, advanced media integration, yep. which which was a company that basically did a lot of duplication, replication of CDs, uh, mm-hmm. multimedia projects, and um, they digitized a lot of like eight millimeters and, yeah. and that type of So old, take a VHS, convert it to DVD. Yeah. yeah. So with that came two guys, um, and one was, I mean, he still is a phenomenal, I mean, a videographer, Mm -hmm. a camera, I mean, you name it, he can do it. And then the other was a technical writer. Mm -hmm. So I spent a little time with them on on like little projects. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I need to centralize this. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And so like, I'm doing my day job and I go to my boss at the time and I'm like, Hey, I have an idea. I'm kind of thinking that, you know, we don't have any efficiencies here with anything that we're doing. And um, <clears throat> everything that we do is reactive. Everything. Like, it's reaction, reaction, reaction. We're not doing anything to be proactive. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I, I, I agree. I like it. And um, he's like, well, what are you thinking? So I kind of just pitch it real quick to him. He's like, better put some pen to paper, you know, and, and, and kind of give me a full outline. Yeah. And, and I'll have to sell this up. <clears throat> and, and at the time, I think <clears throat> most of the owners – they're comfortable with, with a lot of things outside of marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not a slight, and, and you know, I don't mean that in a bad way. These sure. guys are geniuses yeah. in a lot of regards, hold patents and, mm-hmm. and all the good stuff. Um, but they just weren't f- sure about, about that aspect. Yeah. So, so they all, they all agreed like, okay, let's, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to try to keep it a low budget, yeah. you know? And so we, we take an old office space and we kind of get everyone over there and we, we created a department. Right. And, uh, and things just kind of grew from there. Mm-hmm. So that was, what I say, probably 2012. Okay. Um, so we did that, and, and it just kept getting better. Mm-hmm. And, be- and and just, you start getting a little bit more inertia, and you, things are moving, right? Yeah. Things are rolling. Um, we're starting to plan things out. So we have a salt, we use Basecamp for our first, yep. uh, all of our projects, right? Yeah. So, so I'm pretty like OCD in a lot of regards. Like, sure. I, I want things. I want files in a certain spot. I don't want to waste time looking for pictures and video yeah. that, that I know we already have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we created that. 
And that was at the time that was um, what Chris was, Chris brought to the table. Like everyone brought a little something to the yeah. table. And <clears throat> but you could tell like there was still like a little uncertain. Like is this thing generating revenues? Mm-hmm. You know where's yeah. where's this going? And I think we did a pretty good job for the first couple of years um, reacting it. And that to me was like uh, Vincent told me a long time ago. Like, don't ever. Don't ever be the reason someone's waiting on something. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. get it done. Yeah. Don't wait for tomorrow. Knock it out. <clears throat> you know. And and so we start handling these projects quick, quick, quick. And then we start running more campaigns, and they're like, they were a little bit more difficult to track back then. But mm-hmm. but the effort was there. Yeah. And maybe you couldn't track everything as finitely as we can today. Sure. Um, but so we keep moving, and and you know people left along the way, and we brought a couple more people in, and and now. Now we're getting to a position where, like, I feel like we're really making progress. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing projects for almost every company mm-hmm. and hitting our timelines, hitting our, you know, hitting milestones. Um, but then I was still like, okay, I I need to do a better job of tracking like what's really working. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, you bring in the the analytics side. Yep. You, you you tighten everything up a mm-hmm. little bit, and um, so about twenty. I remember it's twenty fifteen, March eleventh, twenty fifteen, because it was my daughter's birthday. Okay. And um, I felt bad for a couple of reasons, but um, my wife and I were supposed to go to a concert mm-hmm. in Columbus. And uh, our kids at that time were, were pretty young. So yeah. it's like, we didn't get many uh, awake. Sure, us, right? sure. And it wasn't even like an overnight thing. It was like, we're going to a concert in the afternoon, going to drive home after we'd be home late. Yeah. Right. Well, Vince, the founder of the company, um, he, he, he had this propensity to like call and just, and it was great. He would call and, and, and just want to spend time. Mm-hmm. Spend an hour here. And yep. he wanted to ingrain like his philosophy in, in all of us. Sure. Um, he had a young group of, of management um, and sons. He had 12 mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. And, and all the sons or um, son-in-laws are involved in the business. Mm-hmm. And um, he's constantly wanting to make sure he's passing that philosophy on because he, 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 it, was always, it troubled him. Yeah. Like it kept him up. Sure. Um, so he would spend time with, with me and, and, and a lot of us. And, and I knew like when he called me, I knew I was done for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. I know it was just done, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm trying to get out of town, you know, I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to leave early that yeah. day. And he, and he calls me, he says, Hey, stop up. And he always just said, stop mm-hmm. up. And so I, I'd go up to the corner office Yeah. and he says, Hey, I just want to let you know, we're losing so-and-so. And I said, well, what do you mean losing? This is an employee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was actually my spirit. Okay. And um, he says he, he had he's, an opportunity was brought to him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually uh, a Berkshire Hathaway company that, mm-hmm. that offered him. Mm-hmm. And it was, he wrestled with it. Yeah. Um, and, and him and I get along today great, get yeah. along then better, you know. Um, all is good with that relationship. But, and I, I thought, ooh. Because he was like, he was my champion. Like, mm-hmm. like I went to him for everything yeah. and he would sell it. Right. Yep. So yep. I was like, man, this is a bad day. You know? <laughs> this isn't supposed to be happening today. Yeah. And he just kind of looked at me subtly and he said, I just want you to know we trust you moving forward. Hmm. And I says, I, and he, <laughs> he always had a way of doing that to people like, like, so are you are you telling me like did, did you say what I just yeah what I think you said are you yeah. saying like this is like <laughs> yeah. mine to run with now yeah. like and he just kind of leave you on the edge of your seat you know <laughs> yeah he's like all right we'll talk later <laughs> and, and so yeah. you walk out of there and and you walk out of there like, well 
what just happened? Yeah, do like, I have you a know? new job? Am I in the same right, job? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And and he and he he just he but he built us up, right? Yeah, um, sure. It was just kind of some of the games he liked to play oh, with yeah. us. And yeah. and, it, and he did. And and he brought me back in a few days later and he said, you know, all the shareholders think that you can handle this. Mm. Um but but you know, this is this is it. Like mm-hmm. this is yeah. You gotta go and you gotta prove it. Yeah. And um a funny story. Let me let me go back to like college time with with him too. Let me uh-huh. just elaborate one. Th- so, at the time, like I said, he was very engineering centric. Yeah, and I knew he was paying for a couple guys to like get some engineering classes mm-hmm. under their belt. And so, you know, I thought, well, I mean, this college stuff isn't cheap because yeah. I'm paying for everything. Oh, sure, own, right, sure. And I thought, and I talked to some of the, some of the others, and like, hey, he, I mean, ask. Yeah, it was the worst going to happen. If you don't, if yeah. you don't ask, the answer is yeah. always no. Yeah. So I I. I tell him I want to talk to him about, you know, college and all this stuff and see if he'd, you know, be willing to, to help me out. And um, he says, well, let me ask you this. He said, so you're going to a school right now where, where an institution and, and you're paying them to give you an education, right? I said, yeah. He says, well, I haven't asked you for a dime <laughs> the education I'm giving you. <laughs> and, you know, you just yeah. like, and that was him. That was yeah. Vince to a T, you yeah. know, and he says, well, let's just, let's be thankful that I'm not charging you. <laughs> For the education I'm yeah. giving you, yeah. and he was right, you yeah. know, oh, sure. uh, real world. But that's and, not what you expect. No, no, yeah. not at all. But <laughs> man, I just walked out of there and, and giggled about it, yeah. whatever. And, and, and he got a giggle. I'm sure a lot of people did, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah. But that's just who he was. Oh, sure. And, and it's just I, I loved him, you know, yeah. for, for that type of information. So, um, so yeah. So essentially, in 2015, it's kind of turned over, mm-hmm. and, and now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I get to do the hiring. Yeah. You know, I get to I get to mm-hmm. position this. I, I want to do this a little bit differently. Yeah. And um, Everyone was full steam ahead, and it was. It took me. Uh, it took me about three to four months. Just I don't know if you ever heard like in sports where they say like when you go from college to NFL, like it's moving so fast, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. takes you a little yeah. bit of time for things to slow down. Yeah, and it and that's what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. Like like there was a lot coming at me. Yeah, and I just had to. I just had to keep slowing it down and slowing it down. And then it, and once I got my bearings, and, and I realized like man, he he. He wasn't messing around either, you know, at the time, like, oh, sure. lost, you know, so, yeah. um, so it's kind of, it's, so in 2015 that, that happened and, um, it's basically like, I don't know what would have happened if that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thankful today yeah. that, that it kind of did because, um, we've proved it and, you know, we continue to prove it every day, um, that, that we are a great resource, but, but at that time, so you start to see the spin and, and, and I go back to like 20 or 30 years ago to like if you were running a marketing company like I can't imagine how how difficult it was to go back to your customer and say this is working mm-hmm. like like yeah. how you know I mean it's just almost next to impossible to, to do what we can do now yeah. and yeah. I'm like here here's the analytics here's <clears throat> yeah, the goals for sure here's the completions and, and this is where we're at and like mm-hmm. okay yeah. now they're starting to, I mean the belief is starting to really wind up well and part of the problem is there's so many so many different points at which it needs to work you know we, we talk about this on the agency side that sometimes we won't get the end result but it's something down funnel right you know we'll do everything we're supposed to do make the bell ring but if the sales team doesn't close the deal and there was a time when you really couldn't prove that it was you know he said she said 
no, it didn't. Yes, it did. And now it's like the data say that, you know, we kind of filled the, the funnel for you. And what happened after that is, you know, not our responsibility, right? Exactly. So it's a, it's a different day. It also is a challenge because it also exposes when it doesn't work. You can That's see, right. hey, what we did really didn't work. That's right. Yeah. And so you, you hit the nail like right on that. That's right where I was going. Mm-hmm. So, so that's 2015. So 2016, yeah. I'm like, okay, I need I need more data. Mm-hmm. I need more support. Yeah. And the only way to get that is to show these guys like like we're, we're capturing more leads. The sales team is more effective. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting better leads. Um, so I told you earlier on like the CRM system we were using. It yeah. wasn't CRM. Sure. Right? It was just it was names. Yeah. And and we didn't really hold accountability to properly using it right yep. so so 2016 i go all in and i'm like okay so i go and ask for a large sum of money mm-hmm. from the ownership and i'm yep. like here's what i want to do i'm gonna change the way we're doing everything and it's not just what i'm asking for from the money side it's a change in our process mm-hmm. and and we all know like like asking people to change yeah their daily routine because sure i mean it's a great company it's a family-owned company and and a lot of people have been there for a long time because mm-hmm. it's it's a great place to work right yeah um, but when you ask people to change, it's tough. Mm-hmm. But I went and and did all the research I could, and I wanted to install Salesforce.com, mm-hmm. the CRM system, into our business. Yeah, and um, there was a lot of a lot of a uh, a lot of arguments that, mm-hmm. that instilled it because it, it's a premium product, right? It's it's costly. It's costly. Yeah. It's it's worth it, but it's costly. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah. And and so <clears throat> I liken it to to our own product, like. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me we wouldn't buy our own product? Yeah, because we sell at a premium product. Yeah. You know everything that we do. And, yeah, and, and and you start to look at here's the value that they provide, here's what they say you can do, and it's really kind of on us to do it. Now, we have to be diligent in putting in all the right resources mm-hmm. into place. And, yeah, and capturing the data. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I finally agreed to do it, and Salesforce was great to work with. Um, they steered us a little bit wrong in, in one aspect, and, and they wanted us to put all of our companies and divisions in one instance, mm-hmm. and they wanted us to break them out by record types. Mm-hmm. And and so we listened. It saved us a, lo- a lot of money up front, um, but on the back end for the programming side, we did, we were we kept getting hamstrung by these record types. Like, mm. I couldn't install one thing for like one of the divisions to do. So was that a problem because the companies were too different mm-hmm. and you didn't have the customization you needed? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and a couple of the companies almost, they're almost competitive to some degree. Mm. And mm-hmm. so you almost can't share some of that, mm-hmm. some, some of the, the resources yeah. and, and leads and contacts across. Is that a function of you've got a, a, a product that you're trying to sell and a product you're trying to lease? Yes. Okay. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Um, All right. So that was a big one. So 2016, um, that was our that was our that was our home run, right? Yeah. Um, and man, the work that was involved, like like the migration alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking like months to get this done. Yeah. And then, and and we roll it out, and we think, okay, that was the hard part. No, no, asking people to change. Yeah, the way yeah. that they're doing everything. Yeah, and focus mm-hmm. um, is so was so well, especially if they've had success in what they're doing. It's it's exponentially easier to get people to change when they're hitting their head against the wall and not getting anywhere. Right. When you know you're saying, "Hey, I know what we're doing is working. This is going to work better." That's much more difficult. It, and I, I kind of, I underestimated it. Mm-hmm. I really did. Yeah, I, I just, I felt like. 
everyone would just get on board because that's that's kind of what I did my whole yeah. life and my whole career. Sure. If if someone says we're doing something, I mean, I didn't really want to bail hay at, mm-hmm. at five thirty yeah. for yeah. five hours, you yeah. know. But that's what they said we were doing. So yeah, that's what we're doing. Sure. You know? So, um, I underestimated that section that 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 part of it, and and the, I started getting a little bit more outside counsel from some people who did this, and they said, "Listen, you're in." like over your head if you don't get them to use it. Mm. Wow. Like like you paid for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you're not gonna if you're not gonna use it properly, you'll never be able to get the the ROI from it. Yeah. Wow. And so I, I started to realize this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like this is a really big yeah. deal. So myself and, and the software engineer that that helped me help roll this whole thing out like like we could only do so much mm-hmm. and um we put some processes in play and and in the year started we started getting there and we started getting more support from the management from the from the sales directors and and a couple of divisions were really good mm-hmm. and and a couple were laggards and then you start to see the ones that were really good it's like well here's the data i mean we're talking about data that would take us weeks to get yeah before yeah i'm able to crank out in, in five seconds mm-hmm. and so you start to see the ones that were, yeah, you know, that transitioned, yep, and, and bought in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sh- they start taking off, yeah. And again, just like you said, like it's hard to change when when you are having success, right? Yeah. But I I kept telling like we're gonna like we're gonna compound your successes like yeah. like with the data and yeah. that's so by twenty about mid twenty seventeen we were full scale in mm-hmm. we had the buy in mm-hmm. and now we're starting to generate. Yeah. And we're starting to get, you know, we're starting to follow the leads all the way through. Yeah. Like, like here's where we captured it from. Mm-hmm. It's it's in its own bucket. It's coming here, you know. And then I kind of left out the part where, like, we had to kind of go back to the drawing board because those record types were really killing us. Yeah. So we had to break them all out. Yeah. But it wasn't nearly as bad as the first integration because um, all the information was there. It's just mm-hmm. kind of breaking it out. Well, and you'd gotten people used to Salesforce. Mm-hmm. So getting them to do it a different way was much less of an ask than exactly in, installing the in the first place mm-hmm. so so let me back up for a Absolutely. second and what i'd like you to tell us about is tip and affiliated group i think people know the entities within it mm-hmm. but because it's you know a sort of a family holding company people when they hear that name they might not know what it means so how do you describe the organization you work for and the work you do for it sure so Tipman Affiliated Group is not to be confused with Tipman Group, mm-hmm. the Tipman Group, right? So there's um, our founder, Vincent Tipman, and his brother, John Tipman. Uh, they started building warehouses, cold storage warehouses mm-hmm. in the 70s. Yeah. And they they, they kind of had a deferring minds on, on which way they wanted to go. Do we want to build these and manage them or do we just want to build them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, so they kind of they went their own ways. Yep. So it's it's just kind of that's the Tipman Group, and and they do very well. They, they build warehouses. Yep. They still manage them, but they 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 build some of the top notch like cold storage warehouses across the United States, North mm. America. Mm-hmm. Wonderful people as well. Um. So that's them, and they own tip, they own Interstate Warehousing. Mm-hmm. We own Interstate Cold Storage. Okay. So again. <laughs> It's, it's it's a little confusing to yeah. a lot of people, oh, sure. right? Sure. Um, so, Interstate Cold Storage was one of the first companies that Vince had that that um, kind of made it, you know, this long distance. He had a handful of companies, you know. Sure. But Interstate Cold Storage, one of his flagships, right? So, we have two cold storage warehouses here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm-hmm. We have one in Napoleon, mm-hmm. and we have two in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. 
Um, so there's five total. And um, it, it's refrigerated space. Like, yep. like you see the the reefer, the reefer mm-hmm. trailers on, on the yep. highway, they're looking for um, product to, to store. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's, it's anyone that's in food manufacturing, um, EDs, you know, mm-hmm. they're looking for a place to hold all that ice cream yep. before, before it hits <clears throat> the store. So um, great business. Um, been in it for a long time. Um, we have a great reputation. Um, but that's that's one of the ones that, that's the original, yep. right? And then Polar King International, um, we're looking at 40 years this year. So Was that an acquisition? Okay. Polar King was um, Vince Vince's brother Joe mm-hmm. kind of came up with this concept. Joe uh, moved his family to South Dakota and uh, was working in some oil fields. And, and Vince had owned a couple pool companies, and he was very prevalent, and, and he knew what he was doing with fiberglass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Joe had these... Um, these like cooling towers that he was doing out in the in the oil fields for um, in North Dakota, and him and Vince said, "Well, if you flip that thing upside down, put a door on it, it'd be a pretty cool walk-in cooler and freezer, right?" <laughs> and and but again, like, yeah. they saw things oh, sure. that we yeah. didn't, you know. Yeah. Um, so he started that in 1982, owns a patent on mm-hmm. on it's the only outdoor fiberglass walk-in cooler huh. freezer, sing, you know one piece mm-hmm. modular design yeah. um, on the market mm-hmm. uh, and and it's funny like the first show he went to the first National Restaurant Association show he went to this, this guy who just kept pacing up and down the aisle and shaking his head and Vince finally said well, what's going on he said well I own the, this other walk-in manufacturer he said that's my idea <laughs> and Vince said oh is that a fact he goes no, it should have been my idea, you <laughs> yeah, know. And he didn't, yeah. he didn't accuse him of taking sure, his idea. He just sure. said, he said, I've been in this industry for 40 yeah. years. I should have came up with that sure. idea. And, so he's mad at himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Polar, Polar King, it, it's become, um, it's, 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 it's a wonderful business. Um, anywhere, you know, we started pretty heavy in food service. And, mm-hmm. now, and now you come across all the different industries that we're in, pharmaceutical, um, hospitality, primary, secondary education, mm-hmm. um, Anywhere with 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 a cold storage need, yep. there's um, manufacturing plants, building like they need to hold uh, hazardous gases and and, mm-hmm. and and all these types of products, and they need walk-ins. Mm-hmm. And, and we never, I, I think, early on, I didn't think we realized how big the market would become for refrigeration. So, so why would someone choose to? buy or lease a unit outside of the facility instead of build it in the facility? Is it when you've run out of space inside? Is it when you need temporary? Is it all of those things? It's, it's all of those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like in restaurants, like the most expensive square footage is mm-hmm. back of house. It's yeah. Like, it's oh, yeah. Like, and so why would you take up that area mm. like a walk-in when you could just be butted up to the building mm-hmm. or outside the building? Yeah. Um, you know, um, but there's a litany of reasons on why. Sure. And and it's it's it can be a tough sell. Yeah. It can it can be a really mm-hmm. tough sell at times. Um, and there's some people who say, listen, I, I'm in a I'm in a strip mall. I, I'm not on an end cap. Mm-hmm. I, I have to have it indoors. Yeah. And for we sure. say, okay. Yeah. You know, and we just said well, we're not the right one for oh, you. Oh sure. You know. So yeah. um multiple, you know, there's a lot of different industries, yeah. a lot of different needs. So yeah. um and that's that's what our sales guys do a great job of identifying that those up front. Yep. Um and we tell them like if you don't have an opening in your like building big enough to, to take it, then it's yeah. going to be outside. Oh, sure. You know, so, yeah. um, but Polar King is, is an established, like I said, premier walk-in. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, I guess we can talk about a lot of different things in yeah. that regard, but, um, 
but they've become our manufacturing arm for two other divisions now. Mm-hmm. So we have Polar Leasing, mm-hmm. which the name is kind of goofy because we don't really lease them, we rent them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can rent it for three days, you can yep. rent it for a week. You can Just might be for an event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of people use them for, uh, like right now, uh, travel's pretty big between mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and Christmas. So a lot of restaurants need added storage. Yep. And they don't want to take more trucks during the day. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to pay for that walk-in yep. for, for a month, two mm-hmm. months. Um, this is our busiest time of year in regards to our operations. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the most units out. Yep. And, uh, but the summer <laughs> months are typically the busiest for our sales team. Sure. Because it's, it's hot. And that's mm-hmm. when refrigeration falters. Yeah. So they're always looking for emergency yep. needs. So, um, And then Polar King Mobile is a new trailer division that we've created uh, right at the beginning of COVID. So it's mm-hmm. wonderful to try to create a new business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's gone uh, it's gone well. And um, I think it kind of uh, grew a little faster than we thought we, we would. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the first business that we're kind of going through a dealer um, network. Okay. Um, so we're using... Um, mainly NATDA, which is the North American Trailer Dealers Association. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to put these trailers, you know, all on the ground in, mm-hmm. in all different areas of the United States, North America. Um, so if people say, they call us, we get, I mean, we've built trailers for years, mm-hmm. custom, and uh, this is a standardized product. Okay. And so if they call and they say, hey, I want to build a trailer, and, you know, our salespeople say, well, it's, you know, probably, you know, six to eight to 10 weeks out, mm-hmm. but we can build it for you. Yeah. Now, if you want to, give up a little bit of that customization, there's a 120 volt, you know, mm-hmm. 15 amp unit yeah. on the ground in, in Arizona right yeah. now that you can drive to your dealer and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? You yeah. Know, so, <laughs> yeah. So it's been, um, it, everything that we do, we sell direct. Mm-hmm. And this has been the first foray into like okay. a dealer network. Yeah. And um, it's been enlightening. It's been, uh, I've been pretty heavily involved in it. And uh, just again, with Polar Leasing and Polar King Mobile owning the manufacturer, it, it changes everything. Oh yeah. Like so, there's a lot of people who would like to be especially doing it. with like supply chain issues yeah. that have come up in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been really good. Um, so yeah, and and hitting on that, like w- our owners, like amazing. Like right when this stuff all started, yeah, they kind of <clears throat> they kind of saw the writing on the mm-hmm. wall, and we we made the the decision to go inventory heavy, mm-hmm. like really heavy. Like, yep. They. They really did it well, yeah. And and kudos to them for that because yeah. I think they realize like now's our opportunity to go, like, we can go get more business, now yeah, and we oh, can sure. take that market. So they started as an opportunity instead of a threat, yeah. yeah. And we had the warehouse, like we have the mm-hmm. space, like we we have plenty of space, and we we loaded up the building with it with inventory, and it's been amazing. Like we're taking market share now, and now like my big thing is from from obviously for the markets is like. Let's not give it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um, the we're pretty high on um, customer experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. a big one for us. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what you know what we've evolved to now is is mm-hmm. how do we how do we do this and do it right. So are you doing that with training? Are you doing that with you know different approaches to hiring? Are you doing it with everything? Everything. Like, yeah, like everything that we do. And um, I mean, it, it's 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 not like hard. It's stuff. not rocket science. No, it's really not. it's just yeah. It's doing yeah right um we answer the phone mm-hmm. like, like yeah like our we get reports mm-hmm. you know the reports are sent out uh, monthly and, and you don't want to be in in that <laughs> in that in that report like under a 90 like six percent yeah. answer rate like yeah. if you because you know you're going to get a little you know yeah you, you sure a little, um discussion yeah if you will um but we're huge on it like just mm-hmm. answering the phone is huge mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. calling people back, emailing, like, would you prefer a text? Would you, you know, just, just asking the people like, yeah, what works best for you? But, mm-hmm. but we're big on it. Like our service department, um, we check in with the people. We're, we're constantly trying to keep them, you know, and that's another industry that's on its head right now. The mm-hmm. service, mm-hmm. um, HVAC, like so hard to find like good companies that will go and do what they said. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be there Tuesday at two. Yeah. Well, that's what you tell the customer. That's what they're expecting. Well, and the customer, from the customer perspective, it's like, I'm trying to give you money, you know, make it easy for me to do that. Right. And you would think that would be easy, but today it's not. It's not. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like anything's easy. Days, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so that's a big one. And that's kind of what, like, those are some of the projects that we're working on right now. Like, yeah. like that, that I think are, are going to be pretty big for us. So you're working with multiple brands. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's, it's kind of an, uh, likens it to like what you do. We're mm-hmm. the, I just tell everyone like we're the in-house agency yeah. for, for yeah. Tipman Affiliate mm-hmm. Group. Like, so we service Thermodyne, mm-hmm. we service Polar Leasing. Yeah. And, and so when we built this, um, this department, we built it all under advanced media. Mm-hmm. So now through our, through our project management software, we use ClickUp. It's, it's phenomenal. We use Basecamp for years. Yeah. And then, um, one of my peers, he's just like, I, I think there's a better way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, with, and, and he, he did an A plus job, like knocked out of the park and went and got this ClickUp and it's been wonderful. So like at the end of the month, one of the guys pulls the reports and he submits all of our hours to each division. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, how we're basically paid yeah you know yeah. so it's, it's it's so it's a ticketing system mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah essentially but it's well it's more than that it's it's like a you can dm you can do like everything yeah. within it like it's yep. just project management okay it's like everything that we work on whether it's a video animation yep um all that good stuff goes goes in there and yeah. like that's where i i have two screens basically going at all times one's my email because mm-hmm. i get a lot of outside emails from other departments yeah. and other people and then i've got my project management software yep. where, where my team is basically you know, that's where they live. So how many people on your team are the teams you work with? How many people are you, you know, responsible for? There's six right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, um, so kind of going back to like the Salesforce stuff, right? Yeah. Um, So we rolled it out, you know, we did a pretty good job. And then I was, at the time I was looking for, so it's 2017-ish when we, when we felt like we turned the corner. Yeah. I was looking for some help in the digital marketing world. Like I wanted to get better with AdWords. I wanted to get better with like, um, just any campaign that we're doing, I wanted to, yeah. add, you know, I wanted to funnel everything through so we could yep. start doing a better job. And I needed someone to help with that. And so I hired, I, I put that out, and then I have this interview, and, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say her name, Corey. Like I have this interview with her. She's the first person I interviewed. And I'm like, man, like I, I want to hire her on the spot, and you don't do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, or, or, like, you can't, yeah. you know. Sure, but but her digital marketing like skills were. Fantastic, and this is 2017. You said, and that's yeah. pretty rare at that yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, and but on the flip side, she's like, I'm a Salesforce administrator. Like, I am, I'm dialed. And I was like, okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, and, and she just, I was blown away. It's mm-hmm. like, wow. Yeah, she knows her stuff. Yeah, and I love the fact that she, her and I are like kind of like we're very similar, but she, she's just, I mean, she's open she's just like mm-hmm. she's southern she's, she's from virginia she's yeah got the southern charm yeah she can work so well with our teams mm-hmm. and like it's just i felt like i was like i need to hire her yeah for for that reason alone mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. for the salesforce side yeah and i go and interview 15 other people yeah at the time you know and and a month later i call her and i was like 
if you want this job or not. She's <laughs> yeah. like, heck yeah. She's like, yeah. what took you so long? Yeah. And I was like, and I told her, I was like, I wanted to hire you on the spot. Yeah, I was like, sure. but I probably would have got in some serious, you know, <laughs> well, you have hot to do water for that. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, um, but, so she came on and um, she has just taken it to another level mm-hmm. for us. And that's just like what I, I didn't realize like at the time, like that it could even be done, but she has just mm-hmm. completely taken off. Yeah. And, and I just, I love it. We absolutely love it. So like, we just funnel so much data, yeah. so much intelligence through this system now. It's It's been amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to pivot to a few questions to, to sprint to the finish line. And I'm going to throw you a curveball because of something you just said. But the first one, it sounds like you've had some really good mentors over the years. And you've learned a lot. Um, even though you've worked for the same company yeah. your entire career, um, you've learned a lot and you've worked with different brands, you've worked on different teams. What's your biggest takeaway from that in terms of career advice? Like if you're talking to one of your kids or you're talking to someone who's just getting started, what would you say to them is the key to career success and fulfillment? Like in marketing in general or just like any? any Either one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Um, I don't. I think obviously hard work and perseverance are huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do. I think there's. I, I I tell my kids this like now, like 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 if you if you look around sometimes, like all you have to do is outwork this group. Yeah. And, and and to me, it doesn't seem that hard. Yeah. And so I just tell them like like always like listen, mm-hmm. like listen to other people. Like there's so many people out there that are willing to share information with mm-hmm. you, um, and and there's a lot of good people out there. Yeah. That 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 can do that um and it's, it can't all come from obviously your your parent your dad you know mm-hmm. it can't always all come from oh us, sure you know? yeah um but but i always tell you like do what you want to do like mm-hmm. march to the beat of your drum yeah like like not mine yep because because yep. at the end of the day like that's what it's all about yeah for sure you know for sure um and then marketing in general like like i just think it's it's a fascinating time to be like in marketing like yeah um there's so much like like well it's a lot of work don't get me wrong like every every time that they roll out like a new social media platform it's like well great <laughs> yeah. like and because we're b2b like like so i don't i don't like like we're there yeah sure but we're not having transactions yeah you know what sure I mean? but if we're not there yeah it says something yeah right for sure for sure well it's a credibility issue i mean it, i, it I really tell is. clients i said you know the reason why if you're B2B and you have a Facebook page, it's not really for the posting. It's for the credibility. It's a landing page mm-hmm. so people can find you. And sure, you can do some things with posts um, to connect with your stakeholders, but it's really about being discoverable there. That's right. Um, but you're not going to probably sell a lot of your yeah. product yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. But, but branding, right? So, yeah, for uh, sure. But no, I think um, I, I love it. Like I just, I think there's... There's like literally like no end in sight. Well, you can we you do. can really the 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 easy part is that you can pretty much do anything. The hard part is deciding what to do. Right? right. There's infinite possibilities. Correct. But there's not infinite budgets. By the way, if you have an infinite budget, please call me. But nobody has infinite budgets. It's like if in the in the biggest constraint is time. Right. It's the fact that if you had more time, probably the best investment is to spend more time with your customers, learning from them, listening to listening. them. Listening. But there's 24 hours in a day. So, and you have to do all the things that are required to sell the product. So, it's it's the best time ever and the worst time ever simultaneously. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed, yeah. Yeah. But um, it's just fun. Yeah. Like, I, I love it. Yeah. And, 
and what we do and and it's I I've never worked for a marketing agency, mm-hmm. right? But um, I kind of say I do now. Yeah. Um, but it's something new every day. Yeah. Well, you it's full time problem solving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And and off you know because we're marketers, we're going to find marketing solutions. But sometimes it leads you to other insights that affect other parts of the business. And I think that's where it's the most fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Second question, and this is where I'm going to throw your curveball. I was going to ask you about a myth or misconception, but I'm going to throw that out the window. Sounds like you've hired some good people and you've kept them. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about, at a time when it's really difficult to do, what have you learned about employee retention? In other words, how do you keep good people? You can't always be the employer choice in terms of pay. Yeah. You can't, as you know, you're, you're a big business, but still a family business. You can't out-benefit some of the major companies that allow people to work virtually. So what do you do to keep people? That's a great question. And mm-hmm. and so there's kind of a couple of answers there. So when I ran the operations for like, they were like blue, like managing like blue collar workers, it's mm-hmm. like it, I, I gained this ability to like read people really mm-hmm. well. Um, and, and I really feel like it, it was a great experience for me just because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of take a lot of what I learned there. Yeah. Um, and, and I would never go back to that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard work. I, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. And you really want to talk about trying to retain people. Yeah. That's, that's, that's mm-hmm. tough. And anyone who's good at that is I'm worth their weight in gold. Yeah, for sure. Um, so our team, yeah, they, they, they've been around, um, most of them, um, for some time. And, and it's like, I have, like, I do my best to build, like, a culture of, 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 like, what, what I would want to be around. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're spending a lot of time with each other. Yeah, for sure. And um, obviously we have to get the work done, mm-hmm. right? But but we do, um, I, I think we just like each other. And mm-hmm. I think we like to see the successes from each other. And, and um, it is it is hard because obviously there's no open pocketbook that mm-hmm. you can just keep paying people. Yeah. And, and um <clears throat> But I try to just build a culture of of what I would what what I like to be around mm-hmm. and, and and a place where I like to work and um I I, just, I let them be them mm-hmm. like one thing I know I don't do is is micromanage like, mm-hmm. like but I I hired most of these people for a reason like yeah like there was some people on the team like that were underqualified mm-hmm. and had people that had better qualifications or could have possibly done the job better. But I didn't have the connection, and yeah. I didn't think what they were going to bring to our team yeah. was going to be good. Like, so that's the first thing. Like, I that's to me the most important part of our team is the culture and and how, how are we getting along? Mm-hmm. Because if that's good, like, there's so much that can be done. Oh, sure, sure. Well, you know the 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 phrase that's out there right now is people don't leave jobs; they leave managers. I think people leave people, right? If you, if somebody leaves a job, it's because they didn't feel connected, they didn't feel supported, they didn't feel like they fit in. And if you can turn that up on its head and create an environment that allows different personalities to find fulfillment in what they do, and that respects their life outside of work, mm-hmm. that sounds it's pretty huge. easy. But it's pretty it's pretty great. For <laughs> sure, really great things can happen. And that's kind of where I'm at, like. You know, I'm, I'm I'm doing a lot more like servant leadership. Right? Mm-hmm. Like like mm-hmm. I am always open to you know, like sometimes my doors close, but they they know all they got to do is knock. You know, yeah, like, sure. Like, like I'm here for them. Yeah, and that's what we talk about like individually a lot. Like, what can I or the company be doing better? Yeah. to make you feel like you're getting mm-hmm. more growth, or, or where do you want to be, or are there things that like 
so-and-so is doing or I'm doing that, that you would like to do yeah. or, or grow into? Yeah. And, and if so, let's let's move some things around and let's do that. Yeah, I sure. want them to feel like they're getting growth yeah. and, and they're learning and they're, they're being a, a, a part of the team. Yeah, well, I think it's something that happens as, as you get a little older, and, and I'm a little older than you, probably a lot older, but where you start to become more interested in helping the people who you're leading, helping them grow than in your own growth. You, right. you still want to, you still want to learn, you still want to grow. But you know, if I've got time to spend, I'd rather invest it in someone who's got a huge ceiling than me where I've only got so much ceiling. I'm kind absolutely. of bump it up against it at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's really fulfilling when you have people who have shown a commitment, they've been dedicated to doing the work, and now it's like, all right, there's potential in you that you may not even see in yourself. Let's spend some time on that. But, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. That, that's right. I, I think some people don't even realize the potential that they have. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I was the same way. Same. Same with me. And yeah. that's what I mean. That's where I discovered it is when I saw other people investing in me. I was like, "You sure? Are you sure you want to spend time on me?" Um, Bingo. So you know, I think it's great to be on the other side of that. Absolutely. Sure. All right. Last question, and you may have kind of answered this, but feel free to add something new. I always ask um, people on the marketing side, "What is a?" tip, a trick, a tool, a hack, something you use that gives you kind of a sixth gear, um, or maybe it's a fifth and a half gear. It doesn't have to be that profound, but something that's important to you that you think deserves a little bit of promotion or amplification. I thought a lot about this. And it doesn't have to be a technology tool. For some people, it's an app. For some, it's something analog, but just something that's important to your day-to-day work. I think like what we've talked about a lot of like in marketing, we, we need to listen. Mm-hmm. Right? So one of the tools and um, I'll plug Reeser. Reeser yep. turned, turned me onto this uh, probably about six or seven years ago. They, they did a little bit of outsourced work for us um, on a website. We, we were bottled up and he did some work for us, but I told him about some things I wanted to do um, in regards to a few, um, I'm trying to think of the best way. Like we had a handful of different salespeople, but we were, trying to position them to look like they were more in those regions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they covered more ge- geographic region and he says well i've got a tool for you L- let's let's look at this so uh it's it's a tool called call rail mm-hmm. i don't know if you've heard of it i haven't no. okay so call rail is basically it's a, it's a vanity phone number system mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you put in a phone number and you can make it look like you're in arizona uh-huh. it's calling it's calling our headquarters in fort wayne yeah. and it's going right to susan who who handles that yep geography right so he turns me on to it and i'm like all right that that totally does what I need it to do. And and so we built it into the website. He's like, hey, I'm gonna hand it over to you. It's, you know, you're gonna sign up for it because yep. you're gonna manage it. Sure. So, okay, so <clears throat> I get possession of it and I start going, opening the system. I'm like, wait a minute, there's so much more here than just vanity phone yeah. numbers, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> it records every phone call. Mm. Um, it, it tells you it, it tells you length, it, there's, uh, a piece called conversational intelligence. Mm-hmm. So like I can mark keywords, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's like the trailer division or, or certain keywords that I'm looking to, to yeah. know like what the salespeople are saying. Um, and it breaks it all out in transcripts and yeah. everything. Like, so it's, it gives me the, the ability to, to listen to the call. Mm-hmm. How are we handling it? It yep. gives me better tools for training when we yeah. onboard people. And um, it tells me exactly like what campaigns I'm doing, how effective are they, how many people are calling these numbers. Yeah. Like, so it's great for like when I do, we do, we still do a lot of print advertising. Yeah. When my print advertisers come in and say, hey, well, 
you know, we're going to probably up the spend from last year or, or here's your cost for this year. I said, well, here's the calls I got from here. Like, it wasn't that good. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, <laughs> let me go back. Yeah. Let me go back to the drawing board. So it's, yeah. CallRail is like, to me, it's, it's a wonderful tool. And this, obviously, you know, like, there's so many out there. Oh, sure. But I sure. used it a lot. Well, especially from the training standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've done this much customer service training, and it's very different when you can make it somewhat objective and share with the team, hey, here's here's a call. You break it down. Yes. In, instead of theoretical, here's what you here's would do exactly. if you're ever. Yeah. yeah. So that's huge alone. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, you are the first person to recommend call rail. It's great. Right. Well, I, I strongly suggest using it. Yeah. All right. Well, really good answer and really good answers overall. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Well, thanks for doing this, Rob. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. And thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next time with another great guest and we hope you'll join us then.